0: Hey, so have you watched the new uh, Jeffrey Dahmer documentary I at all? I started
1: it, and I'm never turning that on my TV
0: again. Really? like That's
1: the most disturbing thing I've ever
0: watched. How many episodes in did you get?
1: Three. I was okay. on the third one, and I was like, all right, that's it.
0: All right, so I was the exact opposite. So I watched it during the... It was like the night before the hurricane hit. I, me, Chandler, and Cody watched the entire series in one sitting. Like We just sat there the entire time, and and watched it I, I, I enjoyed it I think nothing can capture a nation better than a good like Netflix documentary or Netflix show in general and if I was at Netflix and I was releasing something and I was like yo this needs to do mad numbies this is messed up but I would do it like right before a big natural disaster hits because everybody's going to be trying like, everybody's going to be in their house everybody's going to be rushing to watch something before all the power goes out I liked it. I, it was. I mean, I didn't like it, but it was like, I don't know. It was interesting. You know, it's crazy. It the only, the only show that has a higher has done more numbees for Netflix this year is Stranger Things.
1: I don't like that show either.
0: You're not strange. What? What? What do you like? You're you know I mean? you're not a weird guy.
1: I would just watch podcasts all the time.
0: Really? On YouTube? Yeah. Big 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 what, what,
1: No, I just I like the Coach JB show on YouTube.
0: I see a lot. He annoys me. Why? Like I, he's one of the most
1: funny people on the internet.
0: I like him, and I'll watch his TikToks for a little bit, but after a while, I don't know what it is. It's just He like, knows
1: more football than most people that I, are I don't, hired I, in football.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that.
1: Like, what he talks about, he knows exactly what he's talking yeah. about. And the reason why I like him is because he's unfiltered.
0: Yeah, and he's blackballed from... Uh, college football because of that and like don't get me wrong that's not the part I don't like I don't know I mean if I listen to anybody enough I'm like bro, he's right. a straight G straight G he is a straight bro, G he's a gangster bro he's a gangster yes yeah he is him I if like I want
1: it. a football coach I want it to be him
0: yeah seriously yeah he he, he kind of reminds me like looks wise he kind of reminds me of Pooch <laughs> he reminds me a little <laughs> <bit> of Coach <laughs> P a little bit <laughs> bro, he
1: does Coach JV so I promise you if you sit down while you're eating lunch one day and eating dinner can't sleep, cut them on.
0: My podcast, like, list is, like, long enough, though. I'll, I'll see if I can squeeze it in. I have, like, a schedule. It's like, all right, I'm listening to part of my take, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to listen to... I usually don't listen to the midweek episode of Unnecessary Roughness. That's my favorite college football podcast. I love that one. And macro dosing is just kind of like its own little whatever. It's, like, supposed to be conspiracy theory, but they ramble on for, like, a good three hours. Joe also, Rogan. A I like bit.
1: fantasy footballers. It's okay, a really, it's a really good one.
0: I've I've kind of gotten out on fantasy football already. Oh, there you go. That's a nice little alarm. Um, sorry, I don't. Oh, no, you're good. All right, I think that's the parts on this. Let's uh let's kill this cold cold opening and let's talk a little, a little bit about the best conference in the NAIa. Let's do it. All right, how's it going, everybody? We have got an awesome awesome episode lined up for y'all. Alan Friedman. Uh, Feardman. I'm sorry. Uh. Left back for Weber International University. A defender actually got Conference Offensive Player of the Week a couple weeks ago. He's off to an amazing start, as are the Warriors. How about this? Warriors women's soccer is 7-0-0, and men's soccer is 6-0-1. They just suffered their first non-win in an absolute thriller midweek against Thomas. We'll get into all of that, but before we get into it, you know this this podcast is sponsored by us, a beautiful Brazilian man. Over there by Weber International University, El Butteron, Mr. Vaughn, know you're listening. Thank you for all you do. If you go to Weber Warner Southeastern, it's worth the drive over to see them. It's just by Minimax, right across from Weber International University. You can't miss that food truck. You definitely can't miss the smell of it coming out. It is awesome. It's got awesome food there, awesome empanadas, power balls, etc. Go give them a shot, Josh. This was a very eventful. So I guess we'll go ahead and just kind of do a week, week recap everything that happened before we get in the weekend preview and we'll obviously uh, you'll get on with all football and and all all that good stuff but huge week uh just in volleyball soccer and women's soccer i don't even know where to start i think we'll start with women's soccer and we'll just go ahead and get the 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 ugly one out the way because there were two really good midweek games and there was a a whopping it was 14 nothing, and I'm not talking football. Like 14 nothing in football isn't bad. 14 nothing in football. That's pretty, awful. Yeah, no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> but Southeastern went down to Florida Memorial. And look, FOMO I feel terrible for. They're, they're a college soccer team with about 13, 14 players. Their coach apparently left right before the season started. They're in an awful spot. And it doesn't help they're in the best conference for NAI women's soccer. They lost to St. Thomas earlier a twelve nothing. They lose the Southeastern uh, Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night, fourteen to nothing. But like, I think this fire team's extremely good. They're seven one and one. When we do, when we come out with the power rankings next week, they will be moving up. But that doesn't have so much to do with it. I mean, yeah, they go and they they do what they do. But we'll get into the reason why they'll sign up in a little bit. Another team though that really impressed, and they picked up a huge three points that so they absolutely had to pick up were the Weber International University Warriors. They improved to 7-0-0 on the year. And look, seeding-wise, when when we get into this conference tournament, I think we can look at four teams that are like, they'll be in. They'll they'll be playing in that conference tournament. It's SCAD, Southeastern, Kaiser, and St. Thomas. Those are four teams that we'd be shocked if we don't see. However, there are a lot of teams that are fighting for that 5-6 and seed or it even pushed into that four seed. And two of those teams faced off in Ave Maria with Weber and Ave. And Weber just refuses to go out there and play a game where they don't stress out everybody. And it was the same case last night. Uh, It was an incredible game. Only got to watch about the last 35 minutes of the match because of football. But still, incredible game. Weber held tight. They have a very strong back line uh, with – with Hannah Viggity and Hannah Essen uh, controlling that back line. Marta's back there as well, a young player, a lot of young talent on this Warrior team. Cam's in goal. She did good, had five saves against Ave. But they go and win 2-1 thanks to an incredible acrobatic bicycle kick from Faith Cullen Cooper. And I, I, this Warrior team... It, it, they, they've worried me throughout the year, but they just find ways to win. You look, you're 7-0-0, and you just beat a very solid Aave team. You pick up a huge three points, and you look up, and technically they're second in conference right now, right behind Southeastern. And obviously the bulk of their schedule is to come. But they still got to play Kaiser at home this weekend, which I'll be able to they,
1: – They go back-to-back, back, Kaiser and Sky, correct?
0: I believe that's right. Uh, yeah, because I think the schedule got – I have to double check because, you know, obviously the hurricane has messed things up. I still don't think Warner's – I still think Warner's don't, out of commission.
1: They're at, Yeah, they're out of school, no students there. I heard mm-hmm. last night that the baseball and softball field were completely destroyed. Wow. And they have to be – they can't do anything until they're renovated. But mm. baseball and softball can wait. Um, but speaking of, of Weber soccer, though, I was having a conversation with goalie Cameron Lane – um, yesterday at school, and um, they were about to go on their road trip down to Ave, and I was telling her I was like, you know, you guys really need this game tonight, like because it's huge. And the, I mean, there's not a ton of games. It's not like baseball where you get three ch- uh, three chances at each, like each game against a team. Right. So this that one game against like a brink team like Ave and like some of the lower teams like those are like must wins, especially if you're gonna you have three really good teams ahead of you in conference. That's like a really – that's a big must win, and, you know, they went out there and did that.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, throughout the game, I went back and watched the first half. I mean, it wasn't always pretty, but they took the most out of their opportunities. I mean, look, Deb caught a keeper for Abe who's done amazing this year. She caught her on her front post too much. She's on the side of the box and sends one perfectly into the opposite side side netting. And, I mean, as a keeper, you're, you know, you, you can't give up that – you can't give up that front post too much. But you also you got to know that you're going up against a couple of elite teams, and I think Weber's starting. They're knocking on that elite category. Look, you don't win seven seven games in a row. Most of them on the road without I mean, being a good team. Only
1: what twenty games?
0: Uh, yeah, something like that. I think mean, it's like twenty ish games. Yeah, something somewhere in that yeah, area. Seven yeah.
1: start, you can't ask for anything better than that.
0: No, absolutely not. But the game that impressed me the most, I got to watch pretty much all of this game except for the last. Uh, 15 minutes I had to go the football practice and apparently that's where things got a little crazy in fact I'm gonna go back and re-watch it after this but we, we talked about these fringe teams facing up against these the top opponents look Thomas just drew a scab and that was incredibly impressive now uh, something that I was thinking about was, should I be worried about this SCAD team N- no because they really did dominate most of this match but scad or Thomas has got an extremely good back line with Abby McCammon and Brittany Rankins and a couple seniors in that back line holding it down. Thomas is a team who they can just straight up suffocate you and look, there's absolutely no denying that SCAd was probably the more talented, more skilled team, but when you have, some defenders who can lock down some teams. And, look, Scats still got to figure out what they're going to do without Sydney Chura, and I think they will. I think they'll step up. they got to bounce back coming up this weekend against Flomo. But when you have Emily Lamo in goal with 13 saves, Josh, you know I'm a soccer guy, soccer guru. I've watched a ton of soccer. That was one of the most impressive performances between the sticks that I've seen. Apparently I missed some of her best saves in the last couple minutes. But she was making full sprawl sprawled out saves in the first half. The only goal she allowed was a penalty kick. And Tim Howard, uh, David De Gea, anybody, they're not making they weren't making that save in the upper ninety. And that Liberman scored for the Bees. And one of the saves that I saw, I think with about 25, 30 minutes left in the second half was a double save. I was like, I don't I'm not making that save in my prom. <laughs> it it was incredibly impressive and Look, the, the 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 script, the the recipe to beating teams that are better than you are, are having a strong strong back line and a strong keeper, and it looks like the Nighthawks have that. Not only do they have that, but they have Annalisa Wilks, who has pretty much quietly taken the lead. I mean, we I I picked my head up, I started paying more attention to the team in the two two nine. Wilks is leading the conference in goals with twelve. Only a couple, only I think one other girl is in double digits, and Wilkes is doing an incredible job. Uh, she might just take that, um, you know, that that goal crown from
1: Sydney this year. I mean, yeah, if I mean, going down, she might be able to take that from her.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there are a couple other players that, that could be right there. Lopez at Southeastern's definitely got something to say about that, but. Wilkes is doing incredible, and they're going to keep feeding her. And, look, they're a team maybe not off to the best start in non-conference play, but all that's out the window. We're In Sun conference play, they just picked up a huge point against the number 11 team in the country. And going forward now, uh, all they really need to do, if they can get – they'll get three points from Flo Mo most likely. If they play Warner, I think they'll get three points from them. Next thing you know, that's seven points, and they could drop the Southeastern, they could drop – to um, Kaiser. Kaiser, and I, I, I foresee a very big matchup between Thomas and Weber. I think that that could have a lot of impact in who has that five seed versus who has that six seed in the conference tournament. And if Kaiser does what they continue to do and takes that one seed, that could be a very big deal go on down the line. So uh, <laughs> this women's soccer conference, dude, it, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to be getting heartburn watching a lot of these games. Uh, I really can't wait for this comp- for the conference tournament though, because once everything's out the window, and we, we we find our six teams who will be representing in the Sun Conference tournament. Uh, depending how things will go, I think there could very well be two or three teams heading to Orange Beach uh, for the NAIA championship. Uh, also in midweek, we had Thomas again taking down a very strong, not taking down, but they draw with a very good Weber team. Look. They're another team with very, very good back, back line. Alex Renoud and Giancomo Bacalupe. That's Italian. That's Italian, yeah. That's Italian. Italian in the two two nine. He's just like me for real. Uh, they held a very good Weber team offensively. Only two shots on goal. <laughs> And they were able to get one by him, but dude, that was an absolute thriller of a game. Weber had a couple two
1: shots on goal.
0: Yeah, two shots, and I mean, you know, Weber's had a very, very good. I believe they're I don't know, probably thirty-five total goals through six games now. A lot of those came against Trinity, but goals are goals. Uh, but but they're strong, and it was important for them to get get a point. I think it was important for both teams to get get a point there, and I, Weber. Dominated, I would say, or they—they they were the better team for most of the match. But there were stretches where they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get—they couldn't get that final through ball in because that back line was so strong for the Nighthawks. And Saint Thomas, or me, Thomas just kept kept with it, kept with it, kept with it. And then Weber gives up a foul twenty-five yards out, and they slot a free kick in perfectly and into the side netting. Uh, but Weber's—they. Uh, you would have liked to see him get three points. However, they start conference play with a win and a draw with their two longest uh, travels out of the way. They've gone to Georgia. They've got four points. They beat Scad, and they draw with the solid Thomas team. And they do this without Alon, who's arguably their best player. He's their captain. We'll have him on later, later in the episode. Uh, and I, I think Weber will be fine, but I, I feel like that was more of a victory for Thomas to be able to draw. Um, also, midweeks and men's soccer, we saw the two the two powerhouses get tested and tested well early on. Uh, St. Thomas had I mean they had everything they could handle with a very scrappy Ave Maria team, who's they, they they're Ave is a team who I, I talked about earlier in the week. Uh, look. I thought they were going to be better than what they what they were. They they've lost their last four after starting four and zero. But th- this is a team who can mess around and get a win against a Southeastern, a Kaiser, or a Weber, and they proved it. They were the better team for the first thirty min, about the first thirty 30, 35 minutes of the match. They led one nothing. Uh, St Thomas ties it up. Ave scores back and forth battle, but you know at the end of the day, uh, Para and Panzereri. For Ave Maria, were able to get a couple goals. I think they're a solid team. I just don't think they're quite there yet. They're very similar to Ave's baseball team. They're young, they're developing, and I think they could be good in the years to come, but they're just not quite there yet. And at the end of the day, St. Thomas is a jerk or not, man, and they got it that second half, and they were like, okay, we're done messing, messing around. Kakabu uh, for uh, the Bobcats went nuclear, scored a couple goals, and they put them away, put them to sleep, winning 5-2. Uh, and this was the first time we saw Saint Thomas get really challenged. It's the first time anybody ever scored. Those two guys for the Jairings were the first two goal scorers against the Bobcats. But I, I think Saint Thomas is fine. I still think they're the best team in the conference. And another reason I say that is because probably the second best team in the conference, Kaiser, they got all they could handle with a coming in a one four and one Florida Memorial team who's really turned. Things around after starting 0-4, they get a draw, and they uh, beat, a, like I said, a solid Ave team. They beat them just as well as St. Thomas did, and St. Thomas is a Red Banner cont- contender. They beat they beat them 3 nothing, and they took a top-10 Kaiser team all the way down to the wire. But you know, Kaiser, they, they, they did this last year. They started slow, but now it's time for them to start picking things up, and they have to. They don't have their Captain Molina anymore. They don't have that that absolute force in the back of line but I still think they're a solid team. and I still think they're they're the second best team in the conference. But if they go out and play a Weber, a St. Thomas, or a Southeastern the way they played FLOMO, they're not going to win the game. So they the, the defending champs have got uh, a lot, a lot, a lot to to I mean, prove.
1: Bottom line, we're you know we're getting down to the crunch, to crunch time here in conference play. One thing that football hasn't really gotten to experience quite yet. We're kind of getting ready to get into the beef of that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad the Sun Conference soccer and volleyball is in full steam and we have all these electric matches going on. Yeah. Both in volleyball and in soccer. So, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who finishes on top, who makes the conference tournament, who wins it, you know, you know who is able to make a, a run in the national tournament.
0: Yeah, I, I think on all ends, I think football, uh, men's soccer, definitely, obviously, women's soccer and – potentially even volleyball which we'll get into here in just a second i think there are teams who can make a lot of noise and can mess around and win the whole dead gum thing and bring that red banner back to the sun conference um so let's rotate into midweek volleyball and then we'll start our weekend previews with football and everything else uh we'll start with very similar honestly to women's soccer midweek we had one blowout and two extremely good games uh st thomas look they're they have turned things around. They narrowly, and we—I talked about one of the best games that I've seen all year, just from a back-and-forth standpoint, was Ave Maria and St. Thomas volleyball. And I got feeling this might be a matchup we we're going to see again in the conference tournament, potentially for who's going to get a ring uh, in, in the conference tournament between St. Thomas and Ave Maria. But St. Thomas—they take care of business against Florida Memorial. Grazzi and Aliande each get an ace. Aliande leads the way with kills. Tavares has become one of the better setters in the Sun Conference, getting 21 assists for the Bobcats, but not a whole lot she had to do, uh, or not the whole team. They, they went there, they took care of business, did what they needed to do, and got a clean sweep. Uh, we'll head to the second most stressful game, and a team I needed to see improvement from, and it's the Weber Warriors. Look, this is a team that started 0-4, won 10 in a row, and lost three of their last four, including their last two, and they didn't look like the Warrior team that I was accustomed to covering, broadcasting and seeing when they lost 3-0 to Kaiser and 3-1 to Florida National, who's a team they swept earlier in the season. And they fall down one nothing to Southeastern early on, and I'm like, I have the wheels fallen off the bus just a little bit? But Coach Mormon, and this is absolutely a credit to her, in her first year, Whatever she said, whatever she did, and one thing she did was bring in Nadia Reed off the bench, who was incredible in that game against Southeastern having 10 kills. She flipped a switch, and this Warrior team, they went back to the team that I saw during that 10-game winning streak. The sets were on point. There, There was that communication that they had seemed to have lost a little bit in that first set. They had stopped reaching for the ball as much. They were moving their feet. They were getting set. They were getting under it. And it, it was impressive. And they go on and they sweep, they sweep them from then on. And that third set, and this really I think that third set, when it's so it's tied one one and says, we go to this third set. I think that can be a defining moment in this Warriors season. If they go on a run here and they and they end up making a run in the tournament, I'm gonna look back to that third set against Southeastern. They trailed for the majority of it, they get it tied up nineteen nineteen, and it's 2019, 2020. 21-20. I mean, it's back and forth. No team scores back-to-back points for the rest of the set until it's 27-27. And, War- and the Warriors end up strong-arming them and getting getting it done. And now you're seeing Cynthia Lorena, who is the biggest X-factor in the Sun Conference. Looks like she's 6 6'6". She can jump high. And Amanda Vega and Pacey Crowe, they figured out the sets with her. And when she connects with the ball – it's over. Bailey Sickema is also on the outside slamming it down. This Warrior team, if they get hot, they can beat anybody in this conference. I'm very, very sure of that. But the game, possibly of the year, was Ave Maria and Kaiser. Look, I was given a little bit of heck for this for putting Ave over Kaiser, that number one spot. I said, well, they're the defending conference champions. They look good. I'm going to keep them there. I look down at my phone at, uh, during a timeout break in the third set of the Southeastern Weber game. Which, which, like. All the games are at the same time whenever volleyball plays. Yeah. I don't know why it is. It's like that, though. I go and I check it, and they're down two sets to none and losing in the third set to Kaiser. I'm like, oh, my God. I've made a uh-oh. I mean, look, as power rankings, things happen. I had Southeastern over Weber in the volleyball power rankings. I was wrong there. But that was the one I was pretty set on. I was like, Ave Maria is a better volleyball team than Kaiser. And they're down. They might get swept in West Palm Beach. Uh oh. Well, they come back, win that third set, end up dominating the third set, take care of business the fourth set, and dominate them in the fifth set. One of the best comebacks I've ever seen. First time they've won in West Palm Beach in nine years. They're zero and ten in their last ten. Imagine the mental block that has to have you. Have pretty much no nobody since no, nobody in that Ave Maria program. I think about how long coach has been there. She's only been there four years. They've nobody's seen a victory in West Palm Beach. You're down 2-0. This is a senior led team. You got a lot of really good seniors. You got Boudreau. You got Maddie Hot. You got. Koslow, I believe Koslow is a senior. She might be a junior. Anyways, uh, a, a veteran-led team, and they are able to turn it around like that. Down 2-0. I mean, that, that's that's a death curse in volleyball. You're, it's like you got to go on some incredible run, and they did against an elite program at Kaiser. And we talked about turning points or big points in, and uh, for for the Weber volleyball team. Look, I don't think it's a turning point, but this is a team that's now won 11 in a row. They're undefeated in conference play. They pretty well have that one seed locked up. They've beaten the three uh, the three best teams, in my opinion, that are Weber, Kaiser, and uh, Saint Thomas. Now they they beat them. They have I don't want to say an easy schedule down down the stretch, but they do. They, they they're kind of like Clemson. They've they, they've gotten Clemson football. They've gotten through the harder part of their schedule, and now you look up and it's like. Uh-oh. Huh. Here you we go. Yeah, Aave Ave can mess around and be a top 15, 20 program. But, I mean, the NA, I, I've officially given up on all NA, NAI polls. They're a joke. They're an absolute joke. You have one one person from each conference, apparently, representing and voting, which is an, it, it, it's a joke. And, look, you, you and I have both said our grievances about the NAI and, and how it can be improved. But why have polls if they're going to be as inaccurate as they are?
1: There's, there's no point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there should be – and I've talked about this. I think this is the direction I'd like to go. Like, if Suncast gets big or big enough where it's, like, recognized by a lot of NAIA programs, I want it to be – I want there to be other media outlets that actually cover their conference and don't just post scores about their conference a day later. Be careful what I say. Um but I want there to be people who actually watch and understand and know who's really good. Because there's a lot
1: more that goes into records you're right. and scores that the box score indicates.
0: Yeah, and when there are teams below 500 in the top 25 and it's not like they're losing to great – I mean, they're losing to good opponents. And I'm not calling anybody out here, but th- there needs to be change. The NAI needs to take initiative and there needs to be – a change, and as an athlete, there ain't a whole lot that we can do. But it's almost we ain't gonna be athletes for too much longer, right?
1: I mean, it almost seems like it's just like another thing that they have to do, and they kind of just throw it out there. Oh, we got the pull out. All right, what are we gonna do next? I mean, I just feel like that's a trend in this in this kind of division, I guess you'd say. Is like everything seems just kind of like checklist. Exactly. There's no There's no deep dive into anything. There's no appreciation for anything it's just kind of like here it is
0: and I was like let's do it the right way i mean what's the right way i mean you say the right way and you you what like if you're doing your this saying? for a living
1: yeah. if you're doing this for a living at least at least have some get, pride yeah have some pride in it give it give it your best effort i mean it, it takes if you really want to deep dive into one specific sport so say you have a certain group of people designated to volleyball you have a group of Let's say seven or eight people, and each person takes a conference, go through box scores, go through, like, literally point by point in each game during the week.
0: Stats, ask the coach. Reach out to coaches.
1: That's, that, that's even farther. I'm not. Even, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that they don't even have to go that far because I don't even know if they're doing what I'm suggesting. I don't even know if they're, like, really diving into the box. So let's say, uh, Kaiser won, okay. Uh, Scad won, okay. Uh, Weber won here, okay. And then just looking at records. But like, for example, they could say oh, Weber lost, we gotta take him out of the rankings, but it could have been to a three two loss to Kaiser, women's soccer, Weber soccer. Yeah, and like we don't, lost obvi- like a thriller, obvi- you
0: know what I mean? Right. And obviously we don't know everything that goes into it, and we may be off point here, but I, I feel like we we, we we can look at the rankings and we know certain teams are better. And look, obviously we don't know what's going on in the Sooner Athletic Conference as well as we do the Sun Conference or I mean, I'm just throwing it sooner as a, a completely right. random first thing, like Appalachian, Mid-South, whatever. And <sighs> – bless you. Thank you. And I think there's just a better way because there's so much potential for this conference to start chipping into the division to – or NCAA in that division to – I mean, we've uh, already
1: seen it. I mean, with – I mean, USCB hasn't been – hasn't put out tons of great teams in any of the sports by any means, but, like, just the growth of, like, the schools themselves – but like more so the teams that we have now, like the talent and the mm. sports belong in that. But uh, and, you know it always ties back to the population of the school and stuff like that. You know.
0: And money also. I mean. It's I mean also the, a huge factor. Yeah. But I mean
1: the quality of athletes in this conference is it's unbelievable. There. It's there. I it's think the coaching
0: for I mean, not all the time. whether well, there's gonna be bad coaches at every level, but I think the coaching is is extremely good too now without a doubt and but obviously when you look at coaching that's going to have to look you got to pay your coaches yeah um and you know some some schools can do that and some schools simply can't but whatever that's our five minute round the nai we haven't had a good nai rant in a little bit so yeah. uh that's ours all right let's get a little weekend preview josh what you got with football this weekend
1: um to get us going we Have a huge matchup this weekend in Miami Gardens. Kaiser travels down to St. Thomas. Top 20 matchup, baby. And probably going to be the one to watch for this conference slate over the next couple weeks. I mean, you got Kaiser who came off the gauntlet schedule at the beginning, you know, taking care of business against Florida Memorial and now heading into, you know, down to St. Thomas, or I guess down to St. Thomas, yeah, and taking on a St. Thomas team who hasn't really been missing a beat lately. Um, But before I wanted to go any further, I wanted to go over a little bit of stats. Um, If you look at the rushing, you know, you got Rontavius Farmer leading the conference with 457 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, and then right behind him with 470 yards, I guess ahead of him, um, but he has an extra game, Um, uh, 470 yards, four touchdowns. And then if you go over to the passing, another trend, Shea Spencer leading the conference with who is that? Burgess that with this run in Farmer. Uh in a... terms of rushing yards, farmer, I mean, um Burgess was uh first in yards, but he has another extra game Right, out. right, okay. So you got Shea Spencer with um eleven 1, hundred eleven 1, hundred yards, eight touchdowns, three picks. Tyler Thomas with eight hundred and fifty yards, five touchdowns and three picks. Like I said, Kaiser and St. Thomas, the top of that leaderboard. And um you got No Pierre with 21 catches, 409 yards, and three touchdowns for the Bobcats. And then Miles Henderson for Kaiser, 20, 20 catches, 301 yards, and three touchdowns. And can't forget, I mean, Jalen Arnold's been playing really good football. 26 catches, 291 yards, and four touchdowns. So if you really like, look into all these stats, these two programs are, are leading the way in every category, in offense, defense, passing, rushing, receiving, it doesn't really matter. They're They're just the top two teams in this conference. And I don't want to say it's not close, but it's kind of it's kind of obvious at this point.
0: It's kind of tiers to it, kind of similar to men's soccer. you got St. Thomas and Kaiser that are right there and yeah. a couple of their teams. That That's are kind of what I was them. getting at. Okay. I mean, you're
1: not, I'm not saying, you know, like Weber and Southeastern, I think, are, are in that next tier. We'll really see where Weber's at because, I mean, they haven't played in three weeks. They Gee haven't played why. a game in almost a month. Yeah. They had a... They probably would have had a, a good warm-up welcome to the conference game against Warner, but that got postponed. So they have to start the slate off with a really talented um, Southeastern team.
0: I can just say, um, you know, just a football – whatever football inside, it's been one of our better weeks at practice this year.
1: I'm sure it was easy to lock in for a game like this. Yeah. Under the lights, southeastern's honoring their baseball team at halftime. You know, it's just a lot of things that get you going. A beautiful
0: stadium. Yeah. Um, Shout out, Colin invited me out there at halftime, take pictures. I had to politely decline. That one, don't think Pooch would like me to go out there and take pictures with their baseball team. Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of a game, cannot, can't do that. But yeah. you know, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that ceremony like running too long because I like to get a few punts in at halftime.
1: You should just like punt it on their meeting, or, like on their ceremony, just like land oh, a punt right in the middle. Oh, yeah.
0: hit, hit Dinkle. <laughs> <round Coach> hit. <laughs> oh God, no. Um,
1: but you know, going back to that Kaiser and St. Thomas game. Um you know, really look really look to see who's gonna run away with this conference. I mean, you got Kaiser who has a really balanced attack with one of the greatest running backs, you know, in the history of this conference. Absolutely. And you have a really a really, 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 really balanced team in the St. Thomas Bobcats. I mean, Tyler Thomas, great quarterback. You know, throughout the games that they've played, you see St. Thomas leaning on the run, leaning on the pass, doing a little bit of both. It's kind of like whatever's going that day, whatever the defense is going to give them is kind of like what they're what they're taking. I mean, it's it's working.
0: So, what do you what do you think this game is going to come down to? Like, what what's defense. the X factor? You think the better defense, better defense is going to win? Because I mean, like I said, two elite offenses, two
1: elite offenses, and that's mainly what we a lot of people talk about. Mm. If you look at the scores, I mean, St. Thomas has played good defense against some really good teams, and Kaiser. Dang near gave up a shut, uh, had a shutout against Flomo. So, I mean, the defenses are are good. But it's going to be about who can shut down the elite offense first or most efficiently. Because, right. I mean, Burgess can run wild. Farmer can run wild. And then you could see Shea Spencer and Tyler Thomas have a Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford, no, was a Jared Goff shootout in that Monday Night Football game in that was 2018. Awesome, that was, we could uh... see, you know, it could go either way. It could be like a – that's uh, another analogy.
0: It's the opposite of the Thursday night football game last night. Yeah, the exact opposite a, of e- that game. Very exact. Stop, don't let Russ so, go.
1: But um, I'll go ahead and give give a prediction. Oh boy! I've said it from the beginning. I think they're the most battle tested. I know I'm going to get. I, I oh might boy. go zero for two on this, oh but boy. I like the Seahawks. Kaiser on the road, coming off a huge victory, have played a incredible schedule. I like the Seahawks. I like Shea Spencer and company, Marcus Burgess, Jalen Arnold. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Seahawks to prove me right.
0: I already have a meme in mind. I'm going to make, if, if St. Thomas wins this football game. Don't get me wrong. They might <laughs> they, they might win. I'm going to have the, uh, you know, the SpongeBob meme where it's like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, they definitely could. Yeah, nah, could prove me wrong. But I don't know. I just, I'm really a fan of that schedule now that you look back at it and realize how it can benefit someone, and then you look at the other side of it with Warner, how it could really affect someone in a negative way. Right. But I think that schedule for the Kaiser team, who was successful last year, I think that schedule on top of there being a little bit more competition this year in the fo- in, uh, Sun Conference football, I think Kaiser is really battle-tested. I think they're ready to go. I think, I think that's going to be a really good football game. And, I, I mean, I, I like the Seahawks, like I said.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a really good game. I talked with uh, Donnie, uh, for those who don't know, he's at SID for Southeastern. And I talked to him uh, Wednesday night after the volleyball game. And he, I asked him, you know, what, what happened in the Southeastern St. Thomas game? What, what do you think? It like they bottled up Kalen Wiggins. They, they sacked him seven times. They were dominant up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think it'll come down to the trenches. So a little bit, how you say on defensive side. Who wins that battle between Kaiser's O line and St. Thomas's D line? because
1: so. I I do think, I mean, according to the to the numbers you see that Chase Spencer can can really spin it. But I mean, I think Kaiser's kind of known for that running game. Yeah. More so, and I I really think th- this year's trend St. Thomas is also the same way. So that is a really good point with you know. There's gonna be
0: some old school hit you in the mouth, and it's gonna be a heavyweight. Title but, and fight.
1: that's what that's what I mean by, I think both teams are gonna key on each other's run game because I mean both guys are running wild with Farmer and Burgess. So I really think you might have to see who's gonna spin a better, you know, Shea or 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 Tyler. So I'm really you know really interested to see how that goes. But moving on to a game I really wish I could attend. I was really trying to fit it in on my weekend, but have some birthday celebrations to attend to. Um, but I will be watching because, you know, I got my favorite co-host participating. Got the Warrior, my, you know, my school's first conference game. Our, I would say our rivals yeah. playing against outside, our rivals. Outside
0: of Warner, yeah. I hey, real quick before you make this, all right, so I'm going out there. This is huge. This is vital me a call heads or tails Saturday night.
1: Tails never fails. Tails
0: never fails. All right. You got it. I'll be, be calling tails for the coin flip. Okay. We're going to be in those icy white uniforms. I hope they're in their all blacks. That will be a sick uniform matchup. But go ahead. Go ahead.
1: But um, one thing I talked about before the season started was, was Cody Braden and how he was going to be able to be a more efficient passer. And if you look at it so far, Second in the conference in completion percentage. Granted, only two-game sample size. But, I mean, 26 of 42, 357, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. I mean, Cody Braden is going to be a huge part of this game, how he can protect the football. And another key part is where we're going to be able to get that running game going because I think that's going to be crucial to let Cody throw because if they can get that running game, they're going to have to respect it, and I think that's going to let, you know, um, Jacob Moss – you know, run wild. And I'm, so,
0: well, I try not to step in, especially for Weber games, too much. But not only that, if we can get the running game going. We'll keep that offense off the field. That's I was getting there. Okay, my bad. So, and like we've seen in,
1: I'm gonna make like a little analogy for how Kalen Wiggins is gonna be able to be stopped. We've seen it once. It's gonna be a pressure on the defense. Got to get pressure on him. Make him run. But you also have to spy him. So and a really good example, it's just easy for me because it happened to my team and it, they did exactly what they needed to do to stop Anthony Richardson. They put a spy on him. He couldn't run anywhere. Anytime he ran, there was someone right in his face. So if you if Weber is able to keep a man in Kalen Wiggins' face and don't let him escape for big plays down the field, you know, busted plays, really contain him on the read option game um, – that's gonna neutralize, you know, his ability uh, with his legs, and you're gonna really make him throw the football. And I think Weber's secondary is really talented. And I, re- and another, you know, their linebacking core is also really talented. And you know, Parker Sneed and you got Trent Peacock, playing safety. Um, I think it's gonna be a really physical game. I think Weber's gonna is really fresh, which is yeah. good and bad. You haven't played much football, but everybody's mostly healthy. You got St. Thomas who's been playing. So they have that on Weber, but Weber has the freshness. And so, I mean, I really think it's going to be really, really physical. And it's going to come down to can Weber stop Ken Wiggins on the ground and can Southeastern make uh, Weber um, one-sided, like running or, you know, rushing or passing. So if Weber's able to get that offense pretty balanced throughout the game, I think Weber has a really good chance. And we've said it before with different teams in this conference – Special teams is also a big part, and I know this is going to sound biased because my co-host is a special teams player. Um, Reagan is a talented punter, so I think if Weber is able to play good special teams, which has hurt them in their only loss of the year, they can play special teams, and when they do have to punt, they can you know, flip the field, make Southeastern drive the ball, don't give them a short field because I think that's dangerous because Ken Wiggins in the short field could be really dangerous. Yeah. So if if you know if Weber's able to flip the field on punts, make their field goals, you know, clean up some of the clean up penalties and play a clean game, I think Weber has a good shot. But this is where I'm probably gonna upset some people. But I have to go with with the odds. The Las Vegas odds in the NAIA. I'm gonna have to take the fire in a close one. So give me the fire as Lee Corso would say, in a close one. And I know, you you could pull the Leakor, so not so fast, but we w- can't do that. But I like to fire in a really close one. I think every, this is this game is going to show more so not how good Southeastern is, but how good Weber is and how far they've come in the last few years. Don't get me wrong, Weber could win this game, and I could eat crow. I would love to be able to say that Weber won, and I'll eat crow, and I'll make a video just like I made when, I, when St. Thomas lost when I said they would win. Might as well make two of those
0: Saturday night.
1: I I will I will like attend one of Weber's practices and and just own up to it because you know I go <laughs> to school here and I'll and I'll take it I'll even if they have something in mind I'll do it whatever but I do I do like the fire in a close one so I think this weekend we got two huge matchups with the four best teams in the conference
0: yeah so uh, but
1: give me the Bobcats and give me the fire. I mean, I, I think the Bobcats are the – No, I'm sorry. Give me yeah. the Seahawks in the, uh, in the fire. I apologize. Already, I already, already.
0: No, I misspoke. My bad. you I was good. looking
1: at their logo. Um,
0: like, you brought up a lot of good points in the Southeastern Weber game, and when you did bring up his special teams that cost us in the one game, we did lose. Um, I am back. I'll be doing most of the punting. We're still in that two-punter system. Um. Yeah, uh, but when I do get out there, I promise. it. it it's huge. It'll be good. It's, it, it's, it'll it's be really good. Big. I, I can promise that. Um, I mean, you saw it last night in the Thursday. There was a
1: terrible game, and special teams and defense was what kept teams in that game. And I mean, you saw the Colts and the Broncos slipping the field left and right, and you saw right. what that did to their offenses.
0: Yeah, And, and I'm that, not
1: saying if you scale it to the NFL-calibre offenses versus these, you know, like the Colts and the Broncos don't have – Great offenses, but it's still there are still NFL players and they're still very talented. So if you're able to flip the field, and that's what you know, you see numerous three and outs, I think that would favor Weber more than Southeastern. I think Weber's more fresh and can handle uh, being on the field more than Southeastern can at the moment. But um,
0: no, I mean, I I agree with you 100% on all of that. Uh, Looking forward, we're gonna go ahead and move in because we got I gotta get going here. I got class at student athlete library once again i feel like we could go on for two hours straight if we didn't have school and practice and whatnot uh just real quick gonna gonna roll through some uh some weekend previews for women's soccer flomo travels up to savannah to take on scad look i don't need to do too much of a deep dive on this game i think this will be a bounce back for scad i think sadal and liberman and company will take care of it i think They'll they'll get their form back and they'll there'll be another graphic where my hand is cramping up, having to type, type up everything. I think Scad will take care of everything else. After that, we have got two massive Sun Conference matchups. Look, Weber 7-0-0, they got their first test, and it's the biggest one of the years. They welcome in the Kaiser Seahawks. Hopefully I'll be able to catch some of that game before we head out to Lakeland. Uh, as it's a three o'clock kickoff. Look, the Seahawks, they have the best defense in, in the country. They have uh, Grayson Goal. She's got an 80, I believe, 84%, 85% save, right, save rate. They got two Norwegians and Tagbola and Sorum, and I'm sure I'm butchering that. But they are, they've are they done an amazing job holding down the back line. I think they've only allowed 20-something shots in eight games, which is ridiculous. Uh, then you got Kiki up front. And I think Kiki uh, – Koshijima might be the most complete offensive player that we've seen so far in the conference. Six goals and eight assists. I mean, that's incredibly impressive up top. And you got Lauren Riley, who's been an assassin in front of net. She's got eight goals and only twenty-two shots at a thirty-six percent conversion rate. That's kind of like batting about four-sixty. That's pretty good. Yeah, she ain't bad. But Weber, they got a shot. They got a tall order, and they're gonna need their captains to step up. Uh, in the midfield with with Deb and Faith in the back line. And one, Hannah.
1: One thing, you know, you guys have noticed. Reagan does a lot of the coverage of of soccer and volleyball because, you know, I, I'm not super in tune with those sports. I, I know I know a little bit. I you know I pay attention, but one thing that I really have picked up on is Weber's played a ton of defensive battles, and I think that's they really going to play yeah. a big part in this because Kaiser's played in a lot of blowouts. Yeah. So I think if you look at it in that way, it's def- that that can go in Weber's check check box. I mean, if if you got a really close match, I think Weber's been through it seven games in a row with a close game. They haven't exactly. Played, they haven't played. They haven't blown anyone out. Kaiser's blown almost everybody out, which is going to play in Weber's favor. And hey,
0: yeah, and, and honestly, I don't want to look at more victories at all, especially for one of my Weber teams. Uh, I mean, look, we we've, we've said it. Look, we we love our Warriors, and we're we we've been better about being unbiased. We still love our Warriors, but. I, I don't want to look at a moral victory or anything, but Warrior, if this is a 490-minute match and the Warriors keep it close, watch out because that, that puts them right up there with the, with SCAD, Southeastern, St. Thomas. They are definitely going to turn their heads. Um, and heck, even Thomas, too. We have,
1: we have a lot of games this weekend they are going to be like, okay, they didn't win, but they are right there. Yeah, and right and this,
0: th- this is defining Saturday. I mean, this, this Saturday is massive. This is the biggest weekend we've had in the Sun Conference since – I mean, probably what the World Series weekend when y'all in, when y'all were playing and weather softball was playing. Weber, and football, yeah. baseball, I mean, yeah. it's the biggest weekend that I've that I, that I've experienced on SunCast since since then. And this time I'm right in the middle of it. Um, then wrapping up wrapping up the week, we got another another big one. Oh, also a quick prediction for that uh, for for that game as well. Look. I think Weber's good. I think they're a really good team. I think they're a team that's going to make noise in the conference tournament. But this is a juggernaut. They're going up against the, the national champion favorite co- coming in. And uh, I, think I,
1: an, I think a good comparison to this game is like last year. So you remember how Warner has really a lot of success in baseball at the beginning? And yeah. Southeastern was very, very, very good at the top. Juggernaut type team. That's like that it, kind of game. I think that's a very at, good comparison. when you look at the preview because obviously Southeastern handled them very easily, oh, yeah. which very might could happen in this game. But it could. It hasn't it could. happened yet, but I think that's a very good comparison because Weber's schedule not the strongest. Warner's schedule wasn't the strongest. Go up against a juggernaut. Yeah, you never who know has, what can happen. who is
0: battle. To, I mean, who? I mean, yeah, they've been in part in some blowouts, but they played. There's a lot. Good of, teams. There's
1: a lot of a lot of the. Same themes going along on these sports. Yeah, you know, with and, the battle tested and defense and stuff.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I'm not. I'm definitely not throwing out that possibility of it just being an absolute shellacking. It definitely could be, right. um, but we'll see. I think Weber will keep it close. I think it'll be something around. I think it'll be about three one Kaiser or two one Kaiser. I think Weber will keep it close, but I do think it's just a little bit too tall of an order. Right now, all right. Wrapping up last game for women's soccer. St. Thomas takes on Southeastern. Look, uh, Panerda for the Bobcats has become one of the top three or four uh, players offensively and the, or excuse me, uh one of the top goalkeepers in the conference. Probably the best goalkeeper. I mean, she's got the most saves. She's leading in saves. She's got about an 86% save rate. Incredibly impressive. But I just don't think that'll be enough. Their back line just allows too many shots. And you got Nario Lopez up top, who is one of the top three or four offensive players in the conference. I think they'll take care of it. I, think, uh, I don't think they're going to score 14 the way they did on flow mode, but I think they'll handle them pretty easily. I think it'll be something to the tune of about 4-2 Southeastern. Uh, and then really, really, really fast, because i got to get going here. Uh, volleyball, I I don't really think there's a lot to get into. I think Ave's going, going going to handle Flomo easily. Uh, is, I don't. I'm pretty sure Warner is still out of commission. To have them playing Weber at two o'clock, pretty sure that Warner's still out um, out of everything. I don't see that game getting played. Um, then we got Southeastern taking on St. Thomas. I think again St. Thomas just too much for the fire. Probably three sets to one or three o. And then Coastal Georgia travels down to Kaiser, and Kaiser's going to take care of business there. And that'll be a blowout. Uh, yeah, so not a whole lot to go on. Midweek was the excitement for women's volleyball, and I think this is going to be top of the conference versus bottom of the conference, with all due respect, in volleyball. Josh, you got anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah, my –
1: my. Uh, oh, yeah,
0: let's do a little quick uh, college football before –
1: got, got, We got six minutes, five minutes, four minutes.
0: Four minutes, four all minutes. right, four minutes. All so right.
1: you already told me your upset of the week.
0: Yes, right? I got – I'm Rock Chalk Jayhawk, and I like Kansas taking – Taking out TCU.
1: Okay, then I'll just go with this. I'll take I'll take BYU over Notre Dame. I don't Notre, I don't Notre, hate that at all.
0: I mean, Notre Dame's minus three and a half. That's ridiculous. I mean, that, me that, that's a trap. Yeah, take, take the Cougs, take the points. Um, one
1: game I'm really interested in, Tennessee-LSU. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, game. that's going to be a good one. LSU, I like Tennessee there.
0: LSU is opening up the stadium at 9 a.m., including beer sales at 9 a.m. I think that's a huge, huge point. I think I think I think that's huge for LSU. Just just, just straight up. I mean, I, I fans think, are going to be rowdy. Yeah, they're, gonna
1: be rowdy. Gonna be they're going to be rowdy. It's
0: going to be an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff, and they are going to be rowdy. I mean, you know very well. Last time it was a 11 a.m. kickoff, they took down the Gators. That was a tough one. Shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was a low blow. Um, I, 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 have a gri- low blow. I have a grievance. I have uh, something I'm mad about. Why in the heck is Clemson Boston College? On, at the 7.30 ABC kickoff. And Florida State and NC State isn't. that They should be flopped. That that aggravates me. Uh, I think Alabama is going to beat the ever-loving heck out of Texas A&M. Uh, I think Georgia bounces back. I think they're going to clobber Auburn, hopefully. I don't know. I think
1: UCLA shocks Utah this weekend. Uh,
0: I don't hate that at all. I think, I think Utah will win, but I think UCLA Texas Tech is going to play
1: Oklahoma State tough. Yeah, Arkansas might very well, could beat Mississippi State.
0: Mississippi State's messed around and might be the second-best team in in the SEC West. But
1: but if Arkansas beats them, that's just going to be the icing on the cake for how the SEC West is.
0: Yeah, just – I think the SEC in general, like, you look at – you got Alabama and Georgia, and I think it's just a blender of teams. Anybody could be anybody. I I mean, three – I guess you'd put Tennessee at that three spot and the 14 spot probably Auburn or Vanderbilt. And I still think anybody literally like anybody. twelve to four is just like a crapshoot. Yeah, I mean it's woof. Like you got teams like Kentucky
1: who look like an SEC contender one week and then they don't the next week. Yeah, and you got a team like Florida who played Tennessee to the wire and then barely beat USF team. So you really never know what team you're going to get in that mid, in that middle of the middle of the road rankings with that.
0: Ole Miss only seventeen point favorite against Vanderbilt. It's a little surprising, but whatever. Because I
1: mean Ole Miss, I mean what.
0: Well, I feel, I feel like Ole Miss. It just took Kentucky's spot. There's always Troy, there's gonna be a fraud SEC team in the top ten, no matter what.
1: Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, and Kentucky. I mean, and then you got Vandy, then you got Auburn. But I mean, Ole Miss. Besides Bama, like I don't really play anybody.
0: They can mess around and Texas A&M them, is sorry.
1: Huh?
0: Arkansas. I mean, they got Bama on there. I mean, LSU. And I mean, looking at what I said, I said I still think Ole Miss is a team that could beat Bama. That sure, they, they're not going twelve and zero. Surely not. Bama? Ole Miss.
1: Oh no. no. Surely
0: not. They, they'll, they'll drop somewhere. They
1: might lose to Auburn. Yeah. They somehow might.
0: they might lose to Vanderbilt. But All right.
1: That, we'll keep our college football talk quick. We'll get more into it on Sunday for our first first episode of the new schedule. Sunday, giving a weekend yes. recap. Wednesday, then the following Wednesday with our. Midweek recap and weekend preview. Or
0: record on Wednesday and then release on Thursday. Thursday or Friday, yeah. something like that. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right, Josh, got anything else for the people? That's it. All right. Love all y'all. Have a good one. And we have got an interesting weekend for sure. It was a long episode. Let's go. And here is Alan Fierman All right, welcome on a very special guest, Weber International fullback and Sun Conference Offensive Player of the Week not too long ago, Alan Fiedermann. Alan, we learned we have a ton in common. We're going to get all that. One of the things we have in common, we're at Weber. But first off, how are you doing today, man?
2: <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm good, I'm good. I'm glad I'm here. Thank you for inviting me, of course.
0: Hey, man, it's great having you on. Wanted to get on a Weber soccer player. I've been waiting for a little bit. And y'all are off to a 6-0-1 start. Not too bad. Not too bad. One of the better starts in program history. Y'all are a really good team. Y'all are just coming off a very, very tough road trip. Heading up to the Peach State and getting a win and a draw against two pretty good teams, and Scad and Thomas. No, you know that Thomas game at the end didn't really go how y'all wanted it to. You were out that game with a little bit of an ankle injury. Just first off, how are you looking with the ankle, and are you going to be back soon?
2: Yeah, first of all, i will be like next week. We have a game, so probably I'll be there. So I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy it's not too much, only missing one game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the season for now is awesome. Like We're doing great. Our team is very good. I think we could do great stuff, so let's see what happened, like.
0: Absolutely. And Sun Conference is, you know, really good conference all around. Obviously you got Southeastern knocking on the door of the top twenty five. Kaiser's a top ten team coming off a national championship. And yeah. then you got the revenge store happening in Miami Gardens with Saint Thomas. What's it gonna take for Weber to compete with these elite teams in the conference and get a Sun Conference title to Babson Park?
2: Oh, it would be a lot, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are great teams, I have to say. that. Like yeah. I'm here for only, like, this is my second semester mm. in America. So, I've, just in the first semester, I heard so much about them. Like Especially Kaiser. Yeah, I heard so many things about, it. not only soccer in general. Like, they're amazing. And they have so many, like, good players in each sport. And each sport is, like, top 25, even top 10, you know? Yeah, they're, they're, they're a powerhouse.
0: Their athletic department's has done a really good so job. So true.
2: But, yeah, for Weber to do that, we need to work so hard and we need to have a, like like we have now a good staff good players and just believe like you know it's not only like the people you have it's to believe and work together to achieve what you want so if we work together and do the stuff like correct I think we can achieve the not I don't know if to compete these years because it's a lot of process of course yeah but probably if we do the correct way we want to play for this season I don't know if we can compete for winning the Nationals. Of course, that's why we want to go there, first of all. Mm. But we can compete to do it because we have a great team. Yeah,
0: and I think it's a team that, you know, maybe even if Weber doesn't win the conference or win the National Championship or anything like that this year, it's something that y'all can start. And the culture's definitely changed. I mean, you're off to... I mean, definitely one of the best starts in program history. A lot better than, than what I remember last year before I even started covering soccer. And y'all look good. Y'all are a very good team. And from what I watched, even in y'all's one draw to Thomas, like y'all were the better team out there. Just to, you know, get, Y'all know, gave up a free kick 25 yards out. And, yeah. and he just I – mean, it was a perfect – It was a perfect per- one. Yeah, perfect free kick. And, and that was – it ended up being it. And even after that, in the last five minutes, y'all had a couple of, a couple of opportunities just got to execute. And we we'll missed. Yeah. Even uh, the last minute, uh, a yeah. Yeah, that was tough. I was I was actually in the training room watching it on my laptop, and I was like, "Oh <laughs> gosh!" Dang it. But you know, you know a lot about soccer. Obviously, you've played well all over the world, including playing it in Spain, yeah. playing in well, pretty much the heart of soccer for quite some time in yes, Barcelona. Sir. Yes, sir. What What was that like playing um, in Spain and in, in the Catalan city?
2: So it was. Amazing experience. So I was in Spain for my last eight years before I came here, mm. since since I was 15 years old, and I played the most high league I play was the fourth division, so it's semi-professional. This is why I can be in college, right? Because if it's professional, like by the law, you can't. Yeah. And um, it was crazy. You play. I play with players that was like 35, 40 years old. So <laughs> I know how it's like how they manage the manager stuff different. So yeah. here it's college, it's like more childish, like let's say like that. But there, the like, people like they get paid for their job. And if you don't do good, they'll punish you in trainings. They'll kick you in trainings. They'll tell you, like, if you're young, especially in my age when I was playing there, 20, 19, and they'll say to you, like, if you don't come to train and do your best, I'll kill you, like, legit. Yeah. I'm I bringing food and sources money for my family with this sport. So it's different way of thinking, like, you see, it's very professional way of thinking. The players, like, you have so many trainings, you have tactics, you have the gym sessions, like, that's one thing America can have more because of the money. Mm. Like in Spain, they don't have a lot of money to these equipment, the good gyms, like, but the level of soccer, like football there, of course, is wild, like, that's crazy. Like a lot of tactics, a lot of like players, that, you have so many players that like, you can say like Messi, but they are not only because it's so hard, like you have so many levels and so many teams and players there, so it's crazy level
0: what do you think uh america needs to do i mean obviously our soccer it, it's growing and i think it within for i don't sure, know 10 sure. 20 years it it could be on that level I and mean, we look at this generation of players of like christian pulis for examples playing overseas along with a lot of others True. we got Borussia dortmund wolfsburg uh leeds players leeds are, doing extremely uh well but they're doing that not here they're not you know growing up playing and they might for their youth but by the time they're a young teenager starting to take it a little bit more seriously they're heading over to germany spain yeah. england etc do you think or just what do you think america needs to do to start to get on that level
2: so first of all i'll give you one example that's different in europe from america so when you're like kid here it's not here it's like so you have the middle school the high school and the college and all it's like a set like, pathway. Like okay. There, okay, you have the studies, but it's not the first thing you think about it. As is it like here? It's like okay, you need to do it. So there, like I'm 16 years old, I'm gonna play. And when you play, you have a league that is from um, July, August, mostly August. Mm. You start in August, and you have the season all the year until May. So okay. if you have the breaks of Christmas, yeah, like the Christmas and summer. The league is not like only like here, the conference is like three months with pre-season. So there you think you do pre-season one month for two months and then you're like, I don't know, seven months you play and you do games and you do compete. So that's one thing I noticed is very different that here's like only a few months and then you have the And the other semester, the spring one, that you have, like, five games, six games in total. Yeah,
0: there's no, like, club aspect. Exactly. Because you you look at overseas, and and you see it in the MLS now, but, I mean, that's at that point, you're at the highest level. Exactly. It's international players in general. But when you see with these leagues overseas, even at a young age, you'll play – you know, the 38-game season. For sure. when for, exactly. that's just in your league. And if you go into cup play, that's another three, for four the, games. Yes, sir. And then by the time you're playing your national, you're looking at, in a, in a 365, or, or I guess it would be easier to say a 52-week year, you're playing 50 games. Yeah, 50 30, games. somewhere between 40 and 50 games. Exactly. So you're only getting a couple months break. And even when you're in break, you're, you still have to train because – I, I think what makes soccer, you know, and as a former soccer player myself, I know the struggle of <laughs> it. Mean, you have to stay in shape year round. It's not where you can just boom and be ready Maybe to yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a keeper, so I wasn't having to run as much, but still, I couldn't just go and take off a month or two the way a lot of other Definitely. sports can. Definitely. I, and I'm, I, I don't want to you know, say anything about other sports because I, I talked about this with Josh, who plays baseball, my co host, and he's like, Yeah, if I don't get in the cage for a month, I'm. I don't get messed getting up, crazy, but, yeah. <laughs> but it, the more physical aspect of it with soccer is the cardio training. I mean, as a left back, and especially in Weber's formation, when you're running up and down the yes. pitch, <laughs> I mean, you're running ten, a good ten miles in, sure. in, in a match. It, it's re, it's really impressive. Give me a little example though of like y'all, like a like a training for y'all. Like, what's it like? To go and like a conditioning test, like what's a Weber conditioning test look like for soccer?
2: Um, so we have the beep test. They call it. I don't know if it's the same name here. They use it. Like you do the running between the lines. So you're like beep before. it. Oh, like a again. like a pacer tape yeah, test. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what they like, to do it. We have in spring. We did, um, in the field. Like you do, like ninety yards. Yeah. Because it's yards. Yeah. Ninety, 90 yards. yards in. 20 times and you have like you need to do it in 15 seconds and break off the start like in the start we did 30 or 45 it was easy but then they go down and down so like so you have 50 seconds to do it 90 hours then 30 to rest 20 times like that and then they go like to 20 seconds so like well, that's crazy. So yeah, no, like working. That, that's the cardio, like crazy.
0: Back when I weighed 150 pounds and I was a keeper in, in high school, I might have been able to do that. If I try to do that right now, I think my <laughs> kidneys and my lungs, <laughs> will, will, they, they would just probably say, "Regis, stop! You're a punter. Go, go." <laughs> hey, you, you, no, no. But something we talked about before that you and I have in common a lot is experience with with Israel. That was yes. obviously where, where you were born and grew up, something, uh, I'll talk a good bit about my life and whatnot on the podcast, but I haven't really ever shared my time in Israel. When I was a kid, I was eight years old, and so I don't remember like everything, but we got to spend two weeks over there, and it was truly one of the most, uh, I don't even know how to explain it, it was an amazing experience over there, and it was eye-opening, and we talked about it on on the ride over here, just the, the complete lifestyle difference there is, I mean... If they, we talked about the military yeah. like when you're 18 you're going to the military yeah, the, like,
2: like you need to do it you need to serve
0: yeah like what, what's some of the culture difference in growing up in Israel versus I mean even when you lived in Spain and now living in America
2: so you can see the first thing you can for America for example you can see that people in, in Europe so they're like more responsible like to do stuff by their own like I don't have to explain that, that. so they have to do all the stuff by their own when they're younger, mm. so they got like more independent. More independent, exactly. Exactly, okay. like, like, that's the word. And for me, for example, in Israel, you do the army when you're 18. So imagine people that are 21 in Israel, you finish army, you know to do so many things, and now you start your life. Meanwhile, here when you're 22, you finish the college. So yeah, yeah, yeah maybe you don't you... know what's going on. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> what I'm doing now in my life. Meanwhile, in Israel, they already like did main part of their life in the army and now they go to study now they go to do their own businesses or whatever and for Spain for example when you are 18 it's pretty much the same process if you finish the high school then you go to from 18 to 22 to do the um, studies in the university Mm. so that's an advantage in America and in Europe from Israel that meanwhile we're doing army you're getting your bachelor and degree so it's very easy to find job early in when, when you're like 22,
0: 23. So that's something I didn't know. When you're in the military, you turn 18, you go to the military in Israel, you're still taking classes. No. Oh, no, no, you said that's that for Israel. completely. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, I got that mixed up there. But, I mean, that, that's crazy. The thing, I mean, when I was 18, I was like, dang, I have to go to, to Missouri because I went to Missouri. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of far. And you're 18, I and mean, you ended up going to, to Spain and whatnot. But it's just a crazy concept to think of. But when I was in Israel the overall culture and everything there is it, it, really a beautiful thing it's beautiful. and it, it's a beautiful country it's hot it's really hot <laughs> it's air. very hot <laughs> well, i mean it's kind <laughs> of like it's live, in, yeah it's just like florida um a little less humid but but still i mean just seeing everything um being able to go to, like the jordan river bethlehem jerusalem oh yeah the dead sea which and that's was probably my favorite. Part. That's that's for me. Uh, it's one of the best ones. Do you go there often, or did you go there often when, when you
2: When I went, yeah, I went often, and I love Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is yeah. like the main city of party, beach, that's, like yeah. all day. good food, everything. That,
0: very good food. And I'll say this: the, the the produce and like the dairy in Israel was is so much better. Like it's so much better than America. Now I think like like meat and like beef and all that. I think it's like I, I think it's a little bit better. Here, but like over there, do the produce and everything. Like, everything was just like I don't know exactly how it's I guess, like, like fresher.
2: I agree because you have so many cultures in Israel, like, you have so many different countries in the yeah. same country. Let's say so, because the Jew before was so spread now, they're in the same country from Spain, you have like from Greece, there are uh, Turkish, then you see a Persian guy, then like you have so many sources and culture yeah. that you have so many different food. So, this way, maybe you feel you felt like it was more rich. Now, that I don't know the meat probably hear better yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah the other <laughs> stuff
0: yeah uh so going back to spain though you and i want to talk a lot more about this because you know when i grew up i was a massive barcelona fan uh, i grew up Barca. In, yeah, Forza Barca. <laughs> i grew up in in the msn era or even before that i grew up when it was iniest and Xavi controlling the midfield one of my first play i mean obviously it was Messi, but you know growing up victor valdez and valdez. Nett, and then Puyol uh, uh that, Yeah, he I love Amazing. I, yeah. I mean just that's kind of what talked about earlier like my goalkeeper, how I went about goalkeeping. I looked a lot at, after him Carlos Puyol uh, is how crazy he was. And, like, he was a, really yeah, and I guess was really crazy. that's how I went about in goal. But what what was it like and I when you were growing up there that was in the middle of the MSN uh, yeah. that was during the treble in 14 15. That's really when Barcelona was at the height of their power. What was that like being there and being in the city during that time?
2: Amazing. Like, first of all, Barcelona, the city, I'm in love. Like, yeah. that's the best city I've ever been. And I saw places, but Barcelona, you have everything. You yeah. have everything. You have the football, of course, with the MA. Like, at the time, it was Neymar, Suarez, and Messi. Yeah. But, like, the culture there, like, it's all about sports. It's all about that. They're pretty similar to Israelis, like, very warm people. Um, and the Barcelona was like, I was, when they um, won PSG 6-1. Yes. They were, like you can heard from your house, it's crazy it. shouting, people in the cars, celebrating. That was crazy experience. I, I yeah. get you that.
0: For, for those who don't know that game, so the way, the champ, Champions League is the biggest league on, on earth. I'm sure many of y'all know that and everything. So... Barcelona went to Paris and went down 4-0 four nothing on on aggregate. They came back to Barcelona, score early, get back in it. I believe it was 3-0 when Cavani scored Cavani one. Scored the free one. Yes, yeah, so he made it 3-1. We get a couple back and then literally on the last kick of the or one of the last kicks of the match, Neymar sends in a free kick. It gets sent back out. We pass it around to Stagen's, pass the midway <laughs> line to keepers there and passes it to Neymar. And then Neymar sends in a rainbow uh, to the penalty spot, and Sergio Roberto, Roberto. took the stadium down. The, I mean, I I, know, I w- that's crazy. I look at sporting events and like where I'd want it. Like for going back in history, and like if I could be at this sporting event, there's I'd say it, that one's in third, just because I mean, you see right there, huge Atlanta Braves, <laughs> huge Georgia Board. <boys>. I don't <laughs> want to be there for them winning the championship above anything else. But as an objective sports fan, to be there for that comeback, to come back and win six one, because they could have won that game five one, it wouldn't have mattered because matter. a away goal. But which I'm so glad Champions League's got rid of that. I think yeah. I always thought that was a dumb rule. Yeah, double, yeah, yeah, yeah but, I agree with you. Yeah, but God, that I mean, it was insane that one, and I, the, another one, another Barcelona moment that, that I loved was uh, Leo Messi in the ninety third minute. Against Real Madrid, uh, three two in the Bernabéu. The silence to take his jersey off. The silence the, the Bernabéu. That, that that was tough. That
2: was amazing. Like how he scored and like so quiet. And like, if you see like the picture and the video, all Madrid players are like, going down. Yeah, like, it was heartbreaking. Like, like oh my god! And Cristiano was so mad. Of course. <laughs> yeah.
0: So of course we have a. The, the, the pinnacle of sports is the World Cup. It's the biggest sporting event, the most watched sporting event in the world. And we have that coming up in November. And actually, I, I had a very simple solution. I don't know why they never listened to me on this. Why didn't, and they spent all this money, and you, and I don't know if you know, they use slave labor to make, that, make yeah. the stadiums and all that, which that's a topic for another day. But they got it in November because it's so hot. Why didn't they just make them indoors? Like, why didn't they just make domes?
2: I have no idea. Like I we could've could had that it in f- July. Oh yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, I'm like why why don't they just do it? But anyways, that's beyond the point. Um as we're getting ready for the World Cup. Who who are, who, who who you got like? I mean ah,
2: my favorite is first of for Messi. I want Argentina. I want Argentina. Second, Second my girlfriend's Argentina, so Argentina. <laughs> I want Argentina. Well <laughs> for, for Messi, Messi especially. Yeah. And then if not Argentina, I'll be with Spain, of course. Yeah. Like, I love them.
0: Yeah, Spain's got a good team. You know, who's not gonna win. Italy, it's not, yeah, not, gonna win. not there. It's <laughs> not, not, not there. Qualify. Oh man, that, that's tough. I, I think England's got a good shot this year. I think they're they're a good team, but unfortunately, I don't think they're gonna make it out of the group because I think the USA will knock them out. <laughs> I, I, I really hope they do. That that would be amazing. That cra- <laughs> it happened, yeah. Even happen,
2: that would be crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is the year. Uh, for i don 't think twenty twenty two is the year but in twenty twenty six when the World Cup comes to America and they 're doing the three where it 's going i think there 's like two or three sites in Mexico, two or three sites in Canada, and then like a dozen sites in the u s yeah. I think the U.S. might. That's gonna be that's gonna be our time. Like all of our young talent that we have now, they'll be in their prime. be
2: with experience and everything, so it will be good.
0: I really hope. I, I all I ask for is I want to see one U.S.A. World Cup in my lifetime. I want to see the Stars and Stripes lift one World Cup. <laughs> Cause like it's so special. It's only it's every four years. It's every four, like, yeah. It'd be incredible. But I, I do hope Messi will, will win one this year and. It would be absolutely incredible if we do get a oh, yeah. Portugal Argentina. Wow, final. you happened? <sighs> I mean, because I mean, I think that would. I don't think it's. I don't know because my my goat is messy, sim- Simple, but I think whoever wins that game is going to have a strong strong handle on the goat. But uh, you know, let's, let's <laughs> get a little bit back more into <laughs> Weber Weber soccer. Alan. Uh, they're obviously very strong strong team this year coming up. And there's, y- y- y'all face, y- y'all go on the road, y'all battle tested on, on the road a lot this year. What do you need for, for from the people in Babson Park when y'all are at home? What do we need the crowds to look like?
2: Oh, man, we're missing crowd in the games, in the home games. Yeah. <laughs> we're missing crowds so much. Like, I don't know. I think
0: it'll be a little bit better now that the we- weather's starting to cool down some.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I agree with you. But yeah, if we, actually, we didn't play so much at home, like only two games. Yeah, y'all been on so the road. So there'll a lot. be that's too, but yeah if if we have more like people from uh, from the university it would be awesome because usually it's like only 20 persons like watching us yeah and then the other 10 will be like out of the 20 10 will be the girls the soccer girls
0: <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think it has been been the heat because we've seen a lot of good turnouts uh, at the volleyball game we've there have been 100 hundred, hundred, two hundred. 200 People, and uh, we're going to do a good job on Weber Athletics. I want to be sure we, we get some videos out because y'all are a heck of a team, man. I think if we can get a home cr- home crowd advantage against you a know, team like Southeastern coming in. That will be so good. Uh, I, think, I think we got a good shot. And against shot. Warner. Warner we, must have like we'll, we'll definitely be that team across the way. <laughs> yes, lake and send sir. Alan. <laughs> uh, that's all I got for you, man. I really appreciate you coming on. If you got anything to say to the people or, or to me or anything, it's all you. If not, I'm all good, brother. No, it's all good. Just okay.
2: thank you very much to Giving the opportunity to speak. Yes, sir. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. All right. Appreciate y'all and that'll do it.